Welcome to another episode here at the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast. Today, I interviewed Glenn Kowalski. Glenn Kowalski is the founder of the North American Kings. What Glenn's all about is about masculine development and about how men need to be more like men in this society, where it's lacking, how to develop it, and how we can raise young boys to become men. But more than anything, his aim is to develop leaders, right? Good leaders in society will basically lead to a better society. So I said, hey, why not? And I love the fact that he is doing this. So guys, without further ado, let's jump into masculinity, masculine development, and all the topics that surround it, and how it can positively impact us, and how we can make this world a better place. All right, guys, without further ado, no more of me rambling. Let's jump on in and talk to Glenn Kowalski. Before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020. And get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right. And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is TotalManShop.com. Welcome to another episode here at the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast. Today, I, bring, I brought on Glenn Kowalski from the North American Kings to talk about masculinity and why it's so messed up. And the best part about this is that, well, we have a very similar mindset as to why that is. So Glenn, first off, how are you doing today? Excellent, Conrad. How are you, sir? I'm doing spectacular, man. So tell me a little bit more about how you got North American King started and why you got it started. Well, I, uh, I primarily got North American King started just because, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I've got a lot of skin in the game. So I've got three young boys at home. Um, and I don't think that, well, we're, we're raising them for a world that doesn't exist, uh, or that's not going to exist, you know, like we're, we're preparing them for all the, all these things, but right now the environment has been moving farther and farther and farther away from one that's really geared towards raising boys in the right way. And we've, I mean, I've been seeing this for years and I kind of stumbled into this philosophy, uh, over over the course of my college career, my professional career, and uh, I wanted to kind of help fix it somehow. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that led me to start this. Uh, I wanted to start a podcast and, and, and start talking about this before uh, my company decided to branch out and start uh, reaching out to the community and teaching boys ma- like masculine skills, but yeah. but really focused on why. Why do you feel this way? And more and more importantly, why do you feel incomplete when you don't live up to this man code that's kind of in, in, ingrained in our DNA? Embedded in us, I would 100% agree with you. It's kind of, hey, you got to slay the beast in order to go forward, whatever that may be. But so let's kick things off 
right right off the top with where do you think the current state of masculinity is at today well here's the the, i don't know if this is a popular opinion right now and 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 i'm glad that like all the podcasts that i listen to like the like uh alternative media um even the mainstream media a lot of people are talking like or at least starting to hint at masculinity and it kind of validates me a little bit because this is all I talk about. So when the big names start mentioning these little details, yes, I'm going to start talking. I'm going to talk louder and more specifically about this. But, but I think masculinity is coming back, and that's so. like I don't want to say I'm like a stock market guy projecting this company's going to make it big. But I feel like the Bitcoin guys back in 08 when they just start oh, when, yeah. when I started hearing about it, it's like two dollars a. $2 a share or whatever for, for a Bitcoin, right? I wish I got and, in, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one believed it, right? But but it turned into this big thing. Now, we're starting to see the after effects right now in current culture of a, a society that's rejected masculinity writ large. Um, but it's been, it's it's kind of funny, like women these days, like, like second and third wave feminism are actually <laughs> trying to destroy the differences between men, but all the stuff that they're projecting onto women is very, uh, I would say, and it's very masculine. It is straight up. Like they're, they're, (laughs) they recognize that there is something to it. They just don't want us to participate. So, but we're starting to see the, the after effects currently of uh, like men, I guess dropping the mass like their their masculine responsibilities, and we're starting to see the after effects now in, in pop culture. We're starting to see it in economics and politics. We're starting to see it in business, yeah. and uh, and I think people are recognizing that there's a problem for the first time. Before the uh, everybody who was still part, you know, still upholding their masculine responsibilities, holding up the pillars of society, those guys held it up just enough that we didn't see the effects until right now. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like a great, I just heard about this today. So Prince Harry, uh, like the, 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 the prince, that guy who, um, who left the Royal family in uh, over in England to come over here and be a pop star. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just like, he just joined this, this, I don't, I don't know. It's like, a, it feels like a millennial business, but his last big push, his big message out to the mass people that listen to him was that quitting's okay. Nah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, it's man, just, come on, dude. You hear it, you're like, <laughs> it just, it doesn't make sense. So. so you might as well give him the participant trophy too. He's like, hey, buddy, yeah. here you go. Last place. <laughs> well, and as a kid, so I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how I might be aging myself a bit, but back in the nineties, when I was growing up, the, we, we got, we got participation trophies. Here's the difference though. I didn't really know they were participation trophies until the very end. Until afterwards, I'm like, why do I have all these things? Like, I don't remember, you know, and and it kind of dawns on you. You kind of reach that, like that adolescence when you start to see the world for what it really is. Exactly. And, and I think they're, Part of the things that that they're doing with us are, is trying they're trying to keep us from recognizing that we don't feel fulfilled. Yeah, it's That's part of why like we're here. hundred. You know, like that that brings it back to like one thing I've kind of realized with society. It's like we're masking losers to feel good about themselves. 
And now we're telling everybody else, like, conform and, and make these people feel good. It's like, well, no, he lost. So why am I getting a participant trophy if I showed up first, right? And now, especially with boys, it's like, we need that competitive edge. Well, with men, boys, like, the yeah. whole masculine frame, like, we all need that to know, okay, what do I got to do to move forward, to progress, you know, or to learn from my mistakes and from losing, right? Right. So go ahead, man. <laughs> well, no, I just... You, you bring up a really good point in that we're, you know, we're, we're praising failure, you know, and back in, back in, I, I believe it was back in 2011. I just did an episode on this on my podcast, but we're, we're failure porn became a common term, right? And it was, it was, oh, I, I succeeded. And that's what I really learned. That's my, my, those are the treasures I get out of business. No, the, you, you happen to fail at a lot of things and still made out the people, but that doesn't make failure acceptable. No. I run into this in business all the time. Today, I'm I'm a thirty-something middle manager uh, at a manufacturing company. I had to tell a guy who doesn't know he works for me right now. Uh, I had to tell him. Um, I had to tell him that look, you're gonna miss a deadline, and you're okay with that. Yeah, it's that's like... accepting failure. Again, Prince Harry saying quitting is okay is accepting failure. And, and again, there, and it all comes out of compassion. I will get, I will give those, some people this credit. They, they think they're doing good, mm. but they do not recognize the damage they're doing to boys, men, and people who have continued to mess up. Dude, that brings me to another question. What factors do you think have led us to the current state that we're at with that mindset, with that approach? Part of it's women. So, so second and third wave feminism started the, or the sexual revolution, right? 60s, yeah. 60s, 70s, and, and on. Did, did, they made, they, they tried to say that women and men get the same amount of pleasure from sex um, as each other. And that's just not the case. Uh, men need to be restrained. Right. And <laughs> yep. we do that's, but that's, but that's in our nature. We're not meant to be nurturers. We're, we are meant to get a certain thing. We're the doers. Exactly. Right. Yep. And women are the nurturers that they're designed to raise and to comfort and to teach us. Yep. They're here to teach men restraint. So, and let's say that this, that's their only purpose, but but the big but the bigger point is uh, we started to break down the social the social norms those social things that we had developed out of nature. Yep. We started breaking those down, and when that happened, men had no incentive to be better men. Gotcha. Yeah. And at the same time, we started uh, de-incentivizing uh, families. So when when women were being a bit more promiscuous, it allowed us to be as promiscuous as we had ever wanted to. Right. Our primal nature was unrestrained. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So those two things led to this deviation. And because of that, we have gone off on this path where we don't really have a purpose. Right. So our, the Industrial Revolution, all of a sudden, manual labor is not quite a thing. All of a sudden, men don't have this natural place in the society. But the, the, there, there are these uh, psychological needs that we do provide that are needs that we provide everybody else. Yeah. So those factors started this. And then through bad policy, 
and people not recognizing the damage that we they were doing. Uh, we've gone on this path where all the things that make us men are being disincentivized. And there's no one on the back end to say, to start actually requiring this of us. It's led to higher, higher uh, divorce rates, higher suicide rates. Um, but men still are bearing the, the, the large part of the social brunt. We run the military. We still are the doers in business. So all these different things, like guys have a natural tendency to figure it out, but those factors are, are some of the starting points for, for where we saw that social breakdown. Gotcha. No, I, I agree with you. And it kind of, another thing that kind of, I want to add to that point, and I guess it ties into the next part I want to roll into. It's funny how you mentioned Prince Harry or whatever, right? And it seems like the media always has that as a focal point, like, oh, men being weak, let's, you know, promote that. Right. And one of the questions that that brought to my mind was, how do you think that media is adding to this fire? How are they throwing more gas onto this fire? Like, what do you think that they're doing? Well, there's this with that lack of purpose. You know, we've got a media that again, let's not let's not forget how they're compensated. They're compensated on clickbait, on views. You know, it's a different media market. Right. But the difference between the, the media back then was that you had to wait a bit. Yeah. Right now it's media is out there right immediately. So we don't have time to sit and process and really think about what they're telling us and how it affects us. But we're also, we're going through this, through this time where the sense of duty and responsibility of somehow become uh, gauche. I don't know. That's a term my brother, one of my brothers used once. Uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, to, to Prince Harry, let's, let's go back to this example. Cause he's, I mean, he's a great guy, right? He, he was a member of the military fought in the, fought in the Afghanistan wars. Uh, he was part of a, t- a tank battalion and he tried, he was on that path to being that, that, that man. And then we've seen him drop, all the things that we were like, dude, that's kind of, that was kind of your gig. Like you were supposed to be the badass. Like your brother's the king. Like you get to be that dude. And we've seen him drop it. But the media is, is again, they're kind of in their own little echo chamber and podcasts and and independent uh, alternative media are shaking that up a bit. But if they have a narrative and they're pushing this, Hey, do what you want. There are no consequences do what feels good, uh, you know, d- drop responsibility. It's okay to quit. All these things are detrimental to men's psyches and further, further keep us where they kind of want us, which is on a different, they, they want us on the, on the female playing field, not realizing we need to be completely separate. We function and analyze the world in totally different ways. Um, and the media yeah. is just is is kind of feeding that and it's droning into young men in particular. It's telling them before they have a chance to really defend themselves. And it's it's kind of like indoctrinating them into this semi feminized state, which is funny, like, now that you mentioned that super feminized state, I also see them almost growing up into these man childs, like, you know, I see a lot of dudes that are close to my age, like I'm, I'm 33 now, right? And I know guys that <clears throat> they literally do nothing. Like his love life is porn, right? And his entertainment is video games. 
And he goes to work and he tries to go home early and he's just kind of lazy all day. And this is what they do. And I kind of feel that, you know what, this whole evolution, this man child is almost a result of like just guys not manning up and, you know, not going the traditional route, right? Which is another thing I wanted to discuss with you. How important and how big of an impact do you think traditional masculine values play into a dude really evolving and finding his purpose and finding himself in this life? That is the, the only thing. Right. So traditional, traditional masculine values are misunderstood. I had this conversation earlier today. So right now let's take crime, for example, like that's a hotly debated topic with regards to masculinity. Why? Because it's very visual and we have visceral reactions to it. When we see, we see a man cry, we have a very over here response. We see a woman cry. It's the the exact opposite. So crying is like one of those like hot point issues, but, and we can debate whether or not crying is healthy or not. Yeah. Right. But the the big thing is um, that's a singular issue, right? That's a, you know, Hey, I I see you man cry. Don't cry. That's not manly. But the question is never asked. Why, why is crying not masculine? Right. So on my, like in, in, in the, in the philosophy, I'm kind of, figuring out we've got four cardinal responsibilities that's provide protect teach and discipline okay gotcha i think every man who kind of feels it and thinks clearly about what we're supposed to do what we're good at what we might be designed to do provide protect teach and discipline i think we can distill any any one of the things that make a man a man into those four things and that whoever that that peak dude is kills it at every one of those things. So what we're finding is that that guy who's grown up and is that man child, he doesn't do any of that or anything. He's providing for just himself. He's protecting no one, Mm -hmm. right? He's not teaching anything. And, and, and you can't get disciplined by that guy. No. Well, it's almost like you're seeing a flimsy dude or, and that's kind of one of the things that I will always attribute to masculinity is like, you know what, you kind of have a degree of hardness, right? Like, you know, that rigidity kind of has to be there and it kind of coincides with discipline. And, you know, one thing that I was talking to Joe Templin, who I had on my show too, and, and he was talking about the importance of finding something as young men, like how important do you think it is to have martial arts, sports or, or stuff that really helps young boys develop into strong men? So back back when I, I I had I called it the theory of emasculation, but I, again it needs some refining. But the idea is that every man needs one thing that he's the alpha at. Okay, now it doesn't need to be physical. I want to make that clear, at least at least to me, right? I I've known very physically weak guys who are men. Yeah. Right. I I had a call from a from a friend of mine, and he's much smaller than me. He's like, Glenn, I got to get this up on this flatbed. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll drive to your place at, before work. I'll, I'll, we'll throw it up there. And instead, he calls me right as I'm about to leave. And he says, hey, I, I, I put four ratchet straps up there and just cranked them down. And that pulled this thing onto this flatbed that I needed. I don't even need you, right? Yeah. Brilliant guy, extremely smart. Uh, he's with it mentally, right? Yeah. He does, he checks off the more things than the masculine sphere spectrum, whatever you want to call it. He's farther on that side, regardless of where he's at physically. So 
I think that men, especially when we're growing up, we need something that we are the best at, something that hones that competitive edge, regardless of whether it's physical or not. But like, you've got a guy who's really good at chess. The guy's really good at science, like something where he can focus and, and he can drive that competitive, that, that primal urge to compete. We need some direction for that. So that's the only caveat I would add to that, that it's extremely important that we have something. Exactly. And you know what? It's funny, too, because that's one thing that I learned about where the different types of intelligence is, right? And uh, it was kinesthetic intelligence, right? And there's obviously people that are better developed at languages, different things. And it's almost if you hone your skill to perfection, you can do all the things that you just mentioned earlier, right? If you you can develop discipline, you can teach somebody else, you can do something with it. And how important is it for you now that you've learned and acquired all this knowledge to pass it on to the next generation, to pass it on to other guys that need to hear this? It's extremely important. Um, more, I would say more important for the younger, like the uh, high school, college kids who are still figuring things out. And I, what I found is that uh, talking to older men or guys who are, uh, you know, in the middle of breakups and they're in the middle of divorces, like this, like this, uh, this man health um, wellness uh, environment, this arena, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems when you get to these older ages and you haven't figured this out. So those gentlemen are going to take our advice from podcasts and other resources like ours, but it's very secondary. Yeah. Those guys need immediate help in, I need to see, I want to see my kids. They're not worried about fixing what got them there. They want to see their kids. They want to get yeah. through this rough patch. Um, so I think it's doubly important that messages like ours get out to the younger kids or the, again, younger adults, while they're still able to fix and correct and apply some of these things before they, they actually make big world decisions for themselves. Gotcha. Which kind of, you know, that also ties into traditional masculinity, which is one of the things that, you know, you're big on and uh, <clears throat> leads me perfectly into the next question I had for you is, what are some extremely uncomfortable truths that you think are related to traditional masculinity that nobody wants to hear right now, but are more relevant than ever? Being a man has nothing to do with, with you. Okay. And that, and that's, I think if I could distill all the episodes I've done or all the reading I've ever done on this subject, being a, a real traditional masculinity is not self-serving gotcha all right we talk about fatherhood for example yes fatherhood has nothing to do with me all the stuff i get out of being a father is secondary it's yeah. service to my wife you know i've got to be again provide protect teach and discipline my job is to provide a good house and shelter and like i'm like we're a single family income so yeah. My so I am I am responsible for all of that, and I have to bear the pressure of that, yeah, without flinching, with strength, with some dignity, right? So, so to do all to do all these things, you know, like to be real a real man, you have to be willing to serve other people. You know, if I'm going to be just a singular dude, like you, you people are like your level of masculinity is going to go down, and I yeah. say that because you're not you're not helping anybody. That's our traditional roles. We hunted, 
for the pack. Yeah. Right. We provided for the community, for the community. We, we disciplined people who weren't either helping or were actually hurting the, the greater group. Right. So like down to our DNA, our job were again, provide, protect. I mean, there's no one scarier in my house than me. Right. <laughs> and I said that to my children. I said it to my boys were scared of monsters for a little while. So I developed a superpower. Let me tell you guys, this is the best trick you'll ever <laughs> learn. My trick was I convinced my young kids that I had a superpower. I could smell monsters in the house. Okay. And <laughs> I to try that, that was, I, it, they freak out at night and like, daddy, there are monsters. And I'd go in <laughs> nothing. And I'd look and they were comfortable with that. And then at one point, my, my son said, well, what if they come? I said, I'm the scariest thing in this neighborhood. <laughs> and they were cool with it, right? But it, again, it has nothing to do again. So I work out, I'm a, I'm a big, scary guy. But if I'm like this big, quiet, scary guy who doesn't talk to anybody, who doesn't influence anybody, like, I, again, it's not self-serving. So men, you're, you can't do this for you. And you're going to have to work. Gotcha. You're going to have, you have to go out and do something and what, and there's dignity in that and that dignity that like that finding your masculinity and own and, and really feeling it. Yeah. And I've done this from an early age. That's why I think I got into this because I recognized back when college, when they were telling me to be more feminine, like, no, I, how's, that, that how's don't work. So, how, how so? I, I, I've always wanted to, you know, get somebody's perspective on that because i didn't go to college okay trades right so that was it was all men all day every day yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. totally different vibe but like in college campuses like what i'm seeing now too is that it's like hey you know what you're smarter you're more dignified if you think there's 40 million genders out there you know you believe in all this weird alternative kind of way of thinking like what is the vibe that you got from the college campus when you were there and what kind of like tactics do you think they were trying to employ on let's say just a normal man's mindset numbers repetition and numbers now and, and you can get this in social spheres like now you know uh, but the one thing the thing on a college campus is that it's a you know it, it's it's becoming less and less about intellect and free thinking and it's it's getting far more just hey do i check these boxes gotcha. you know intersectionality is a huge thing on college campuses lately um, and I, you know, I got, I talked to some younger college students and they're starting to see some of that, but, but the thing that the thing on college campuses that I went through was repetition and, and freedom, you know, the, uh, uh, Michael Knowles is a, is a popular conservative talk show guy, but he's, you know, he talks about per current events and politics, but he's really a philosopher. And one of the things that he was mentioning was that we can't like with restraint, we actually gain freedom. Yeah. Right. And that, and that made some sense to me with marriage. Again, I, I become restrained in a few ways, but it opens me up in a healthy relationship. It opens me up to these greater freedoms and allows me to, uh, to see greater potential in college. They were encouraging the exact opposite. Do what you want when you want. And, and that mentality kind of opens you up to all these different experiences. You start to kind of dabble in all these different roles and then they start talking about it very openly. So I was sitting at a, uh, at a round table with the people that like the RAs and like they were doing like this little wellness program and they were talking about, um, you know, they were talking about gender 
Yeah. Of course, I, you know, I grew up with mostly brothers and, and a really powerful mother <laughs> and a really powerful father. Like my mother is the, the she-wolf, the mama bear, if you've ever met one. And, <laughs> gotcha. and she, uh, you know, and I, so I had these values and I, I went in and I sat at one of these courses. I'll never forget. I, you know, they were talking about sex and, and women and all this other stuff. And I'm like one of the four dudes of like 20 people there. And, you know, my girlfriend's sitting right next to me. And I remember writing on this comment card, like, I don't feel, I don't feel like I agree with anything that this thing just said. And I wrote it down, honestly, I'm like, hey, like, why am I uncomfortable with the entire subject matter? I believe in traditional gender roles. That's what I wrote down. I said, why, like, am I wrong for thinking that that's a real thing? And I'll never forget one of the RAs of the four that were there pulled me aside. Like I had a talk with two of them, but one of them was like, Hey, like, it's okay to do to think that. Like I had that one person, that one advocate there was like, Hey dude, like you're, and it was a woman of all people. Wow. She, yeah. She was just like, Hey, you're, you're okay to think this. And that let me know that there's two worlds there. Yeah. And and all this masculine stuff that we've been talking about, I mentioned, we feel it in ourselves. You know, once you recognize that, that it's okay, there's some actual real reason that you don't believe this. Or again, the red flags are going off. You get the itch down, you get the spidey sense, whatever you want to call it. Once you realize <laughs> that that's there for a reason and you're willing to explore why you don't feel comfortable in this environment, um, you can start to see the the forest for the trees. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what college really was for me. It was, Hey, it was once I got awakened right then it was okay. Like you're saying this stuff and you can like, again, you can bombard me with all this stuff, but I had this little shield up like, Hey, I, I know I'm going to process this against something that's, that's I that's inside. That's actually solidified within me now. And uh -huh. You know, it was, it was, again, it was a very turbulent experience, but again, but you started to see the other guys, the other people that you started to see them and they started to recognize you too. Yeah. And it became a great experience. Which is something that we were talking about before the show about how I, I kind of feel like the traditional dude is still the silent majority. Like I find that everybody else is yelling at the top of their lungs. Like the media is trying to push us into a certain direction. What do you feel about like the common consensus kind of behind closed doors? And it's like, hey, you know what? I really don't agree with half that stuff that they're talking about. Like, where do you think most guys actually sit on the sphere of where, you know, masculinity and, and all that stuff kind of lies? I think they've recognized the feeling. And I've, again, I've got to mention that before. They recognize what, again, when they see something that's not quite right, they recognize it. But I, I think that they're willing to be more passive than we need to be. Mm, right gotcha. the, the, the common culture is affected we, we have been affected over the past 50 years we have been greatly affected and we're seeing those after effects today with all the men child men children out there yeah. that are in their 30s now that <laughs> just don't get it so yeah. there is there are side effects they're slow in coming but but i think i think real i, I really do think that that there's a, a um I kind of lost it there, um, but I, I, I really, I really do think that there, men are men are willing to 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 do it. There, everybody's got a different line, yeah, right. And 
And I, so, I mean, I, I've gotten very good at correcting people when I see the issue. That's that discipline piece. And yeah. I was told by an HR rep that when I came in and said, I like, I, I actually empathize with the employees, even though I had to do this one thing. She's like, well, you see, you do have a, a feminine side. I said, no, I have a sensitive side. Yeah. And well, she was aghast like that. I would correct her. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. How dare, how dare you? Like, I'm like, no, I'm not feminine. I have a sensitive side and you saw a, a glimmer of that, but don't confuse the two. I don't think most men will be willing to have that, that part of the conversation. They would accept it with grace, not realizing that they're allowing that to just fester and grow. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where we're at. Like, and it may be because we feel so strong, like, oh, it's just nothing. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, it doesn't affect me, but it, it's affecting the landscape around us. It's changing the terrain of the battlefield. It's almost like holding the line right from the get go, because if not, things start to corrode pretty quick. And I kind of feel like in society, we're kind of in a, in a weird spot where they started with certain things and now it's just starting to get weirder and weirder. Right. And we're, we're going into like bizarro world for a lot of things anyways. And I mean, that's my opinion. Right. And and yeah. I think you agree. A lot of things are just kind of out of whack. And it's almost like when it comes to traditional values and that people don't necessarily want to hear that because it go against it goes against the common narrative. But then again, when it comes to the common narrative, I'm like, hey, man, if everybody's wrong, and you're still right. And you're holding on to the truth. Well, you know what? I got the truth and nobody can steal that from me. Right. Well, what you're seeing is is a, like I know Catholics get a real bad rap because of all that stuff that went down, uh, oh, you yeah. know, with the Catholic <laughs> Church and the, and the bishops and the whoever. Um but we're seeing the numbers of, calf, of of people who are gravitating towards the most rigorous of the Christians, right? Well, again, you can you can you you can, can argue, argue yeah, Southern Baptist, but yeah. <laughs> but but you're you're seeing people flood to Back. the traditional institutions, and yep. regardless of where you feel you where you fall on the religious spectrum, that is an indication that people are recognizing that some tradition is good yeah right and and it's again it's a very cool thing to see and it's counter to ex everything that you're hearing well yeah and i mean you're i think you're both the third person to tell me that too it's kind of like yo man i'm seeing a surge in my church and i'm like that's odd i thought people stopped going to church right and um but not just that it's like a lot of people are leaving like a lot of the new age woo woo kind of uh you know I ideals and and a lot of those quote unquote religions, because they just kind of realize like, hey, man, maybe I just want to kick it old school. Maybe they had it kind of right for a reason. And it reminds me of a story that I read about uh, the Amish, right? The Amish actually let their young go out into the world. And they I forgot what it's called, but it's basically they go. I, 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 yeah, it's called, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like go live the hedonistic lifestyle, go all the do the drugs and alcohol. And then you know what, if you want to stay in that world, it's up to you. And if you want to come back home. You can come back home. And I think over 95% of them just decide to come back. My question is like, why is that, right? Like, it <laughs> makes you think. Well, un believe it or not, the Catholics do the exact same thing. Really? Now, and it's a little, it's a little different. Like, so I spent years exploring other religions with the intent to convert. Yeah. Right. Like, like looking at things very seriously. And I actually, I went back to the traditional Catholic church. Um, and I don't talk about this on my show too much just because I don't want to like push the religion piece. It's not a religious yeah. show, but what we're, what they and I, I told the priest, I confessed and did all that stuff. And he's like, <laughs> no, dude, that's fine. 
We want you to question everything. And they want you to because they believe that it's a, it's a religious truth, but the idea is the same exact thing. Hey, go explore everything and you're going to discover the truth that you, that that's there. And if you think that's religious, come right on back. And a lot of people are doing it. Exactly. Which is kind of funny. It's like, where you can go and experience all these things, but that's one of the things that I've kind of realized too. It's like that hedonistic lifestyle is just going to leave you empty. Right. Like there's one pastor I was listening to and um, uh, he passed away, but he was basically talking about if you give a man every single hedonistic pleasure like on this planet and he just lives it day in and day out, that man's only going to look for something that's going to, you know, get him higher and higher and higher, something freakier. You know, like his sexual urges have to be met on a whole different level because, you know, he's experienced everything there is to experience. Whereas if you go back to the traditional values, it's almost like, wait a minute, this is way better. This is more fulfilling. You know, I have purpose. And it's something that uh, one of the dudes that he actually brought up as an example was Freddie Mercury, right? And yep. Freddie Mercury, he was just known for being a freak. And where did that leave him, right? <laughs> right. And he was all about, he was all over the stratosphere when it came to getting freaky. And it's it just, it's funny to see that. I feel like we need that purpose and we almost just need that old school kind of marriage, I guess. What do you think about that? Well, it's, I, I, I I've talked before about, about vice right yeah. like you can tell you can t the one way that you can tell vice from you know from something that's a little bit more virtuous or a little bit more morally correct um specifically by what you just mentioned right if it takes more and more and more to get you to the same place nine times out of ten that's vice and that's something that you need to to dabble in and however with in moderation yeah right but the things that are truly good for you are the things that will give you that same feeling of completeness every time you do the basics yeah right you mentioned marriage is a very good cornerstone for fatherhood for masculinity and for it and it's the best thing for us as men to get us over that man that that boy man hump right? It provides all the opportunity to, to multiply your masculinity while also providing you a sense of purpose. Yeah. That is, it's, it's a secular purpose. It's, Hey, it's my family. Right. But it is one of those things that is, um, you know, you get just as much as, as you put in, if not exactly. more. Oh yeah. Cause it's kind of like you mentioned the pillars of masculinity and I think fatherhood forces you into that. <clears throat> yep and every single one of those brings me into you know another question that thought up right now is uh how important do you think fatherhood is not only for us to be developed as men but for young boys to have in their i guess when they're growing up how important is it for them to have a father it the same period in the 70s is where we started to see the government subsidizing single motherhood Right. Yeah. And there, and I, and I don't have the, the, the stats in front of me. I'm not like one of those whiz guys who's going <laughs> to know all that stuff for, you know, like I've got out of that written down, but, but uh, there were laws put in place that it incentivized a broken home. And, and on top of the sexual revolution stuff, almost at the same time, we saw a wild split in, in, in a drastic increase in, in the numbers of single mothers with children in the household. Now, those children 
all those boys, they found a masculine, they all found a masculine role model. Gotcha. It may not be the person that they needed. It may not be someone who's qualified, but yeah. fatherhood is ridiculously important to young men in particular, because we feel all the, the, the man stuff. My, my three-year-old is my meathead, right? <laughs> I didn't teach him that stuff. That's him, right? Yeah. He, he needs someone to teach him how to hone that. Yeah. And if he doesn't get it, and we find this all the time, uh, single, single, uh, or boys with single moms will find a basketball coach. They'll find a male teacher. They'll find a neighbor that's talkative. They'll find someone and they'll make that person, regardless of their consent, they will make that person, the person they're modeling, they're, uh, they're kind of modeling themselves oh, off of. Yeah. If that's somebody in a gang or if that's somebody who's into some bad stuff, Unfortunately, if that's the only person around, that boy will model himself after that. And we see it time and time again. So I cannot say enough that fathers are wildly important for their development, but also in, uh, in, in, in a traditional household where there is a mother and a father, you do get the, you get a dual income yeah. or one income, <clears throat> right? Or, or like, again, that there's a, a functional uh, benefit to having another man around who's, who's like co-responsible for, for, you know, in, in real terms, um, you know, for the development of these kids. So there's an economic, there is a social, and then there's this developmental piece. that's all necessary. And fathers fill that role naturally and completely. And one of the things that I always kind of thought about too, it's like, it seems as though the government I don't want to say that, you know, they're forcing broken homes, but it almost seems like you said, like they're incentivizing it. Why do you think that is, though? Now we're delving into politics. So, bit, yeah. I mean, so, so in the reason, and the reason I say that I'm very conservative and the yeah. reason for my conservatism is this man stuff. The conservative side of the political spectrum views men and women differently. Yeah. Right. The let's say it the political left is is trying to erase the differences between men and women, right? And yeah. I fundamentally do not believe in any of that. So here we are, right? <laughs> so so having so having said that, they there are some there's some talk out there about um there's some talk about there like if 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 the traditional family structure is the smallest political unit is the family, yeah, right? If you break that down. And it's now individuals. We have to feed individuals their their wants and needs. We have to, in order to entice them, we make it fun for them to be individuals and not responsible to the greater political unit, which is the family. We yeah. erase that duty, like we mentioned before. Yeah. So, so the political incentive is in that is that the political party or the government or whoever becomes that other unit. Right. We're political animals. We will mm. find a pack. Yeah. We will find groups. And if it's not the family, it will be something. So uh, there's a lot of talk out there about the political ad, uh, advantages that certain parties get for breaking, breaking individuals out of that family structure. Um, so regardless of what side you're on, if you get to that point, then whoever's in charge that that greater political unit has more people from which to pull in 
Gotcha. Um, so it's almost like you feel that it's 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 like, hey, let's break it down. Then we can go like united we stand, divided we fall, right? And it's almost like they can kind of pick on the minds of the young. And that's one thing that I think kind of ties into not having a father instructing them with kind of like, I think most fathers, if you're in a family unit, you're going to have old school traditional values for the most part. You're not going to be the most progressive guy out there just because it doesn't really coincide with what traditional male values really are, right? Well, I've seen, I've seen form, like, again, you could, you could be on the political left and still have dads and, you know, you could still be mired in that, but it's, it's all on how you execute. Gotcha. Right. And, and again, I, not to get into politics too much, but, but we also find that, you know, it's, uh, I guess in that sphere, you know, the, the government doesn't always again we they don't value men really you know no. and then and i haven't done too much research into this because i happen to you know, i have a great relationship but you know there is a divorce industry oh yeah that, oh and, yeah <laughs> and the government has done really nothing to support marriage in, with respect to uh men they're incentivizing divorce and and all the tax benefits go to women in the woman, case yeah. that, uh, you know, divorce happens. So while there's, you know, again, there's a, like, that's an apolitical issue. Yeah. Right. So, so I don't want to say like, it's a right and left thing. There is a man space here in the middle that, you know, where we can really clean up shop and fix a few things and, and help regardless of what side you're on. And that's kind of the, that's kind of, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be a, um, like a male, you know, divorce law advocate, because <laughs> I, hopefully we can reduce the number of divorces and increase the number of marriages. Yeah, no. Um, so, so there is that apolitical side of it, that legislation does have a huge part to play in. No, yeah, I completely agree with you on that, man. But um, what's one thing that you think men can do right now to develop themselves, to really get the society ahead? Like, what's the biggest thing that you think might be lacking for us to just say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take the reins on this and really push forward on whatever this may be. Wrap it up. <laughs> I, I, no, I, and I say that, but you know, the, the, the gentlemen that I've run into that have had problems that are, have problems, have kids out of wedlock. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know I, I always courted women Yeah. and that, and that just, that's just a part of my weird personality. Like that's <laughs> not normal. And yeah. that's not even normal in like traditional, uh, you know, like in traditional <laughs> spheres. Um, but when I say that, you know, I didn't sleep, like I didn't necessarily, so I mean, I had girlfriends and I, you know, I, I certainly got my wild oats that I, I, I scratched that itch, so to speak, <laughs> but I was always very, very, very conscious of the consequences. Yeah. All right. And I remember saying to girlfriends, if we like before we do this, if if something happens and like we become pregnant, give the baby to me. Wow. Like I will I will sign over anything. But I remember saying that to, and of course, a couple of times I did just roll the dice. Like we were going to have to, right. But, <laughs> but, and nine times, like if it was any serious relationship, that conversation happened wow. and it was stunning to some of those girls and they agreed or they didn't, but, but the, but what I'm, what I'm getting to is 
we need to be able to take responsibility for our own actions. Okay. No one makes you do anything. Now, if someone convinces you to take ownership of that, but I think what men need to do right now is have that sense of personal ownership. The reason I'm housebroken is because I need no one. Yeah. I can cook. I can clean. I can do all those things. And I don't do any of it. <laughs> I help out with chores. My wife does those things because she's, I mean, she's staying at home mom. That's kind of the deal. Yeah. Right. But, but I can do all those things because I have a sense personally of self-responsibility. So if I go out and, and I, um, I think of the consequences before I do that. So those two things, like be aware of what you really are doing. There is an impact. And if men do those two things, I think we'll see a drastic change in the number of divorces that are out there, the number of actual marriages, because what we're also finding is a lot of guys get married because they made a mistake and they think that they're making the right choice, yeah. but they didn't choose the right woman, right? Like when marriages fall apart, they're like, hey, I had an awful marriage. Well, you clearly chose the wrong partner. I, be, I, I proposed to my wife after four months because I knew what I was looking for. And we've been together for 10 years. Right. Like exactly. And, yeah. She met the we've criteria. Had like, uh, we've had maybe <laughs> like four, four real like uh, fights. Yeah. Right. But it took a, a level of personal responsibility to kind of go in, know what you want, know that there are consequences to the decisions that you're making and being willing to own those. That's a pillar of masculinity right there. Like, yeah. Hey, I, this is, this is mine. I did this you know what? I'm going to provide a solution. Yeah. Right? I'm going to fix this or I'm going to make it. Like Failure is not an option. Taking ownership. That's just one of the biggest things that I think is just missing in society as a whole. It's almost, it goes hand in hand with that whole, oh, you know, here's your participant ribbon or, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I didn't really lose. I didn't really win. So, you know, whatever, I'll just keep going about my day. And it's like, oh, I didn't really make that mistake. It's not really my fault. It's got no weight on me everybody else can clean it up. Right. Oh, and this, and it applies everywhere. It yeah. applies to weight, your grades, your job, like physical fitness, like <laughs> all these different things are affected by just that one thing, personal responsibility and willing to own up to whatever you did or, or what make will make you an active leader out in business. Yeah. You know, like I, I've been standing, I've been standing in a room, you know, horseshoe design and we, Hey, here's an issue for the day. And I call it a meatball. Like someone will toss up this ball to the middle of this group of leaders. And when I came into this one particular business, I'd see that ball just get dropped. No one would pick it up. Yeah. Right. My department changed it. I'm, I'm that guy. I came like, hey, you know what? We'll do it. We'll fix that. Right. So jumping beyond the personal responsibility, but being willing to own an issue that you can handle is it's a small deviation from that one thing, but that is what's going to help you be that man out in public. And I think that's key. It's almost that integrity that actually grows from that, right? Because without that, it's like, you know what, you'll just start to see it fester up in different parts of your life. And it just gets worse and worse, in my opinion. Right. But what's one of those um, going back to, to kids, right? How can we as men, and like, let's say the kid's not ours, but if one of these kids who doesn't have a father, what can we do to really influence them? What can we do to raise strong, free-thinking free children in today's day and age? 
so I will, I'm going to have, I have this advice for guys who are, who are engaging with women who have children. Those will never be your kids. Okay. And there's, and the reason I say that is not to diminish the relationship that you're building, but you have to approach that relationship entirely different than kids that are your own. Yeah. All right. I was talking to a guy and his, uh, you know, he was talking about his, his, his wife was making plan, like almost talking to him, like they were going to like get divorced. And she was like, well, if we get divorced tomorrow, I gotta have, I gotta have all this school stuff figured out for, for, for Danny or whatever his name was. Um, and, and I was listening to it. It turns out kids, not his. Right. And, and I'm like, Hey, don't be pissed at your woman for thinking that she's, taking responsibility of the thing that will go with her. You have zero legal right to that child if it's not your kid, right? So when it comes to discipline, you have to discipline kids that aren't yours in a different way, yeah. right? You have, you have to approach it. So, so reaching out to, to kids, particularly the ones that aren't yours or even the ones in the neighborhood, it all, it, it's all about how approachable you are and engagement. That's the biggest thing I can say about parenting is be engaged. You know, if your kid's babbling at you, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't understand a a sound that came out of that kid. Yeah. But we, when we're, when we're actively engaging that, that child will begin to look at you for feedback. And I do this with kids in my neighborhood. I do this with kids. I see out like my friends, kid or my, uh, my friends, kids, my, my kids, friends, uh, other siblings <laughs> yeah. um, is I'm approachable. I engage with them when they, when they talk to me and, and just those few things kids gravitate to. No, right. And gotcha. they begin and you hold yourself like they're always watching. Yeah. And so yeah. Go, go on with that. But uh, just to add to that, I mean, how important do you think it is to just make sure that you're not just creating an illusion but just living it day to day you know it's kind of like whether you're at work whether you're at home whether whatever it is that you're doing how important do you think it is to just make sure that you're always kind of on the straight and narrow like mentally well it's there's this philosophy out there that the private self is the real self yeah i disagree with that like like glenn gets drunk and says some shit to my wife (laughs) or whatever Right. Like, you know, some, some people would like to say that, Hey, that's the real Glenn. That's his real opinion. Well, no, that's a prime like that. In that case, that would be a primal opinion. Yeah. That that's the, that's the thought, the free floating thought that, that uh, was not filtered through the other half of my brain that, that takes extraneous information, processes it. And then says, no, that's bullshit. This is, (laughs) this, this is the truth over here. Right. The same thing can be said when we're when we're trying to keep on the straight and narrow, the action, us actively doing things is actually the good part. We can have thought like lust, for example. Right. I'm a huge anti porn guy. Um, You know, like I love porn. That's like the thing (laughs) I love. Like, I got to tell you, I like porn a lot, but. I haven't used it in quite some time because it was having some negative effects. It will. Right. Not just you, man. Tons of guys. Yeah. Like, and, but no one talks about that at all. But, and actually that's like, when I was doing research on you, when we, when we reached like, that's yeah. the, I'm like, I gotta listen to this episode. Right. Yeah. But, but back to, 
but back to the, you know, the, the moral self when we're, again, we can have lustful thoughts. Oh yeah. Right. But there's a very vivid difference, whether we're pursuing that or it's rattling around here, maybe more so than not. Right. But that outward, you know, when a kid comes to me uh, from across, so I'm, I got, I got a great relationship with the kid, with the kids across the street, all four of them. Right. They've, and they've kind of taken on my kids as like younger, younger siblings, which is great, <laughs> but they're over at my place a lot. And I'm always kind of thinking like, Hey, what would they think about this? And the thing about masculinity is when you really kind of get into it, it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Right. And, and I get enjoyment from being that pillar man, you know, yeah. that, that, that proverbial guy, like if they said, Hey, who's more manly, my father or this guy, I, or this guy, Glenn, I want to be a contender. <laughs> gotcha. No, right? not, 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 not for, you know, not for knocking that guy down, but I, I enjoy, like I get fulfillment out of that and real yeah. joy in being that. So when you start doing it, it becomes easier and easier and easier to be that guy at all times. And people around you begin to see it and feel it regardless of how much you're really engaging. Gotcha. So, so again, I, I want to put that out there because some guys think that if they're, they're not perfect up here, like it's, it's all for not. And that's not the case. Not right. Nope. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's funny. You mentioned that too. And that's why I had Joshua Shea on about, you know, porn addiction and all that, but it's almost like if you're able to harness the monster within, or you're able to control all that stuff, then you can become what you really want to be in this life. Right. And you connect with the essential self is one of the philosophies that I think I've been learning more about that. Right? I'm not a master by any means, but it's almost like it's part of our masculine development. Right. It's like, hey, you know what? You had these thoughts. You didn't act on it, right? It's like, hey, I want to punch this guy in the head. I'm not going to act on it. But that primal self is still relevant, right? And I think it's still important for us on, you know, this masculine journey of, you know, really developing ourselves to the fullest. But that being said, before we wrap up, tell us more about what your, what your goal and, and what your dream is with North American Kings and where you want to take that. So... I want North American Kings to be a leadership development company at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, the, the reason I started this in that way is because the most beneficial conversations I've ever had at work, like I'm, I'm a people manager, yeah. but the most beneficial conversations I've ever had are with other guys about being men and how it applies to their work on the floor or in management and how people respond to them. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I've told people before that, you know, I am a, uh, I'm a middle, I'm a middle-class edu college educated white dude in business. And there's not a lot protecting me right? <laughs> from the, days, no. <laughs> on the, on the intersectional like box checking. Like if I get in trouble, there's really nothing that HR is going to be like, you know what? We got to keep this guy around. Yeah. Right. And that's just the reality of the situation. But, but through that, I've figured, I, I've been able to figure out how to talk to people in a way that gets the most out of them because, you know, it's, it's, I got to minimize the risk to me, right. At the end of the yeah. day. Right. So through having those conversations and teaching guys to, to view things objectively, without any of the any of the noise of the day those conversations were pivotal have been pivotal i've seen performance 
flip with guys when they start recognizing like those little things that they're doing that make them more sensitive to to things that people say and make them like that drive a competitive edge that sharp sharpen and hone the skills that they have i've yeah. taught guys how to use tools like and and just to see them open up to those masculine opportunities has been something that i've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of just my day job so yeah. with North American Kings, we want to get to a point where we're engaging with the, with the public and we're coaching not only kids, you know, so I, we're, we're working with, and I'm, 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 I'm a, this is my second priority or third, right? I've got my kids, my job, and, and then this. So, or actually it's my marriage, my kid, kids, my job, <laughs> and then this, um, so we haven't gotten out there too much yet, but what we're trying to do is get the message out there and establish our place in this, in this market. And then we want to expand locally to teach woodworking shops, to teach uh, working out one-on-one at the gym. Yeah, there you go. And uh, to teach all these, all these things to those adolescents who do not have father figures uh, there to help guide them. That's why we started with a podcast. It's free. They yeah. do not need to pay to do this, but hopefully they're getting some message. Hopefully they find it entertaining. But the idea <laughs> is <did>. that, <laughs> they, but the idea is that they come and they they learn a bit and they start to question what's going on, and then locally we'll we'll actually put on exercises and and workshops so that we can teach these things practically. Um, but then we want to expand out to businesses and to youth organizations and really start having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, particularly those with those older guys who are going through these rough patches because those guys aren't going to engage with a podcast or me on a YouTube screen or, or me over email or Facebook or whatever the medium is. Yeah. Those guys actually start to see the light when you're talking to them one-on-one. -on -one. And we want to build this slowly out there because I'm not going to sacrifice my kid's development for, you know, for the sake of, you know, people who may or may not be listening. No, hundred percent. Yeah. But we're hoping that this, we're hoping that it grows uh, and we're hoping that people listen and, and get something out of it. Because if every person who listens fixes, the, well, again, it fixes one thing that makes them feel more fulfilled by listening to this masculine, uh, this traditional masculine values broken down for them. Yeah. They'll start positively affecting everybody around them. Yes. Yeah. I agree with and, that. And they'll start to, pull the culture in a po more positive direction 100 agree right man. so that's that's my ultimate goal if, it, if this if my adventure makes no money and it does change things great right like it's fun to do but you know if we start just if i see more men out there and i don't have to say hey dude you're 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 being a wuss right now man yeah. again i hate to say it but man up and yeah. and, and fix your shit <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If I got to say that less often, like awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome, Glenn. And just to end up now, uh, where can we find you? Um, tell us more about your podcast. Where yeah, can we find well, you, man? So it's the North American Kings podcast. We're on a Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Rumble, uh, wherever you're really looking for content. Um, we do have a website. It's NorthAmericanKings.com. Uh, we are we're still developing stuff. So it's more informational at this point. 
Um, but that's where we're going to have our, our, uh, our workshops posted out there. You can find links to the podcast and, uh, and you can also, uh, once we start actually having print materials and, and teaching, uh, materials for businesses or youth organizations, uh, you'll be able to find it there as well. Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you, Glenn. Hey, Until uh, the next time. Any, anytime. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure, Conrad. Thank you for having me. Hey, we'll do it again, man. I can't wait to have you again, man. <laughs> uh, awesome. Hey, good luck. All right. Until the next time, guys.